and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and I hope you are safe and well as you tune into the show this week. Well, I hope you have been enjoying all episodes of Let's Go Green, come to think of it. And it's just my opportunity to remind you that if you are listening to us on midlands103.com or indeed on 103FM, you can always catch up on Let's Go Green with Ashling O'Rourke on Spotify, Google and indeed Apple Podcasts. And sure, while you're at it, you might click the old follow, subscribe button. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do write us a review. It genuinely does help with the ratings. But first up tonight, we're going to be talking to a, well, a relatively new employee or a new status in the Midlands. We have the first appointed biodiversity uh, officer in the Midlands in Offaly County Council, Ricky Whelan. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. Congratulations on the new role. Before we get into you and your story, tell me what exactly is the job? What is a biodiversity officer at a county council level? Yeah, so it's not it's not a fully uh, new role altogether. There was four existing biodiversity officers in 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 four local authorities, mostly in Dublin and um, one in Galway over the last years. And I suppose they established a good um, you know way of working and process within their local authorities. And I suppose they're looked to then as the, the example of, of 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 best practice. And it's basically the role is to promote and manage biodiversity related activities. Um, through the departments and the reach of the local authority and to advise the local authority on, um, well, their responsibilities, but also how to sort of implement uh, practical and, and positive sort of um, influences for, for wildlife and habitats across the county through their work, you know. So we're limited, obviously, to what we can do within the local authority and local authority lands and, and, and their sort of uh, reach and influence. Um, so, I mean, that's across all departments, really. And then uh, part of the job description across all counties is to uh, to form a, a biodiversity forum and to sort of get the the group steer of, of local experts and 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 various stakeholders on what we should be doing and, and how we do it across those across the counties uh, overall and then general just promoting um wildlife and habitat sort of conservation and and proactive measures and it's it's really about sort of trying to uh, everyone get their shoulder to the wheel and turn the tide for for nature where where, where that can be done um, from, so from then- a council perspective Ricky, then what brought you to this role? What's what's your background? So my background is wildlife conservation, mostly birds. So I um I graduated from NUI Galway in in, in sort of two thousand and nine with a zoology degree, and that's not that's the study of animals rather than sort of how to work in a zoo, if you like. Um and moved back to to Leash, and um, where I'm sort of born and bred, not Melik man, and um. Moved back there for a couple of years before um, sort of uh, getting organised and moving to the UK to work for the RSPB, who are the Royal Society of Protection for Birds, and they manage hundreds of, of, of nature reserves over in the UK. And I started working as a warden there for a number of years and cut my teeth there, I guess, on habitat management and um, all that sort of stuff and conserving species that were really on the brink in, in the UK and some species that we don't have here uh, and have either lost here or, or never had here. Things like the marsh hire, avocets, these wetland birds, bitterns even read bed birds and all sorts of stuff so would have um would have done that for a number of years before moving back and starting work for uh, birdwatch ireland who are the biggest conservation uh, ngo in the in the country and they're a charity and i worked there as a project officer for 10 years mostly on urban bird species so i suppose um i'm a, I'm a career conservationist and then um recently then moved to the local authority to apply those skills and that experience here 
And then, like, that's, like, you know, that's obviously a very impressive CV. Um, And it's great that the local authorities are developing these roles and that there is work underway in this area. But there will be those listening who are a bit cynical that might say, look, it's, it's all very nice and everything, but perhaps it's a little bit too late. You know, what can be achieved as a local biodiversity officer, do you feel? Sorry, Ashley, could you repeat that? It, it dropped out there. Um, so there will be people, uh, Ricky, listening to the show t- today that might be a bit cynical and they might think that, you know, we, we've missed the boat on this one and is appointing a biodiversity officer at the county council. Is it going to really achieve anything? What would you say to them? Yeah, well, I mean, sure, if anyone is going to be cynical, it's me. I've been a, a sort of a career conservationist all my professional life. And um, I would be dubious about sort of certain things that, you know, the council do or don't do, you know. And that's why I sort of moved in. To, I was attracted to this role to try sort of, you know, affect that positive change. But there is, if, if anyone understands the workings of a local authority, the gains you can make, there is no silver bullet for, for biodiversity. That is a fact. And anyone thinks they can go out there and throw a couple of billion quid at something and it's going to it's going to turn the tide. It's, it, they're they're, they're they're not at the basis at all. So it's all about the small proactive measures we can make in every sort of part, whether it's our gardens, whether it's our bogs, whether it's our mountains, whether it's our rivers, eh, whether it's our roads or towns, wherever it is, we all have to sort of make these small measures. Because like I say, there is no silver bullet. So across the, 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 the local authority, I mean, whether it's through housing, through water, through roads, there are so many opportunities. I'll give you an example for each, whether it's roads, looking after invasive species who've got in. I mean, people will see the signs up eh, not to cut or spray certain things and that's Japanese knotweed mm-hmm. which is an invasive species that's that's come here obviously from Japan and, and uh, the Asian continent and uh, it's not supposed to be here and it thrives here and it outcompetes our native species so it's bad and uh, Offaly and the other uh, Midlands counties have a very good track record of, 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 of um, getting rid of that and treating that and managing it along our roads and our, our waterways as well so that's just one example through housing we can look at protecting uh, our bat species our bird species the cavity nesting and roosting species that are under threat too, the likes of swifts, which have had a 60% decline in less than 20 years, which are a grave concern. Everyone's aware of bats and, and, and the threats they're under. So just by, uh, you know, managing uh, our, our public lighting um, and access to, to old buildings and bridges and all those sorts of things, we can help protect those species. So that's that's an important one through, through housing that people might not, not think is obvious. And then through roads, I mean, even um, you're looking again at, at, at verge management, you can introduce, you know, even on roundabouts, you see it there in various counties and, and, and in some of the roundabouts and often, I mean, wildflower mm-hmm. meadows for, the, you know, and that's that's bringing in the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan, which is a national policy to try to get us all and, and people will hear now in the next few days and weeks all about no more May, which is basically a, an initiative from, from, from you know, central government and, and, and the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan uh, to try to get us to leave the dandelions for the bees because the problem there is when the bees first emerge, there's very, very few flowering plants for them to feed on. So they, they often... Um, they often succumb and um, basically to hunger and everything else. So just by having a few dandelions around, it's actually, it's a really, really strong measure to, to help those guys sort of fill that hungry gap. So there's lots and lots of things. And now that we're into No More May, like there's someone who I love dearly and, you know, have who listens to the show on a regular basis and they know who they are if they're listening to this, who for love nor money, I cannot convince to leave the grass grow a bit. And, you know, There'll be many people as the weather and the evenings, as the weather improves and the evenings get longer and brighter, 
there'll be loads of people out mowing their lawns and cleaning up patios and removing what they think is dirt like moss. You know, what can we do to try and convince people that we've yet to convince, you know, because there has been an awful lot of information put out into the public domain about this. And there's there's a part of me that wonders, are we banging our heads against a brick wall on it? Yeah, well, I mean, you can. it's easy to think that way. And, you know, you just get one person, like you say, that's maybe, you know, in your sphere of influence and you start listening to them and you're like, ah, there's no point. Why would we bother? But then, you you know, you might be in touch then with more positive people that are into it and, you, and they start to slowly influence you. But from a local authority point of view, from it, there's, like you have to lead by example. You can't be telling everyone else that, you know, talking out both sides of your mouth. So from our point of view, I mean, the engineers will be out there and they'll be, there'll be, uh, there'll be, uh, They'll be promoting no more, mate. They'll be asking uh, our grounds uh, keepers and the, the the guys on the ground and our contractors to to not mow certain parts of our our, our our holding, be it roundabouts, be it road verges, be it our parks. And people will see that around the county uh, over time, and that happens across the 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 the, 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 the entire country, really, and all the local authorities. Um, so there's that. I mean, we have to lead by example. I mean, the same. Uh, I'm involved in in Abbey Leaks Bog Project over in in Leash um, there, and have been for for some time over a decade and I can't be telling people you know all about restoring bogs and then going home to a shed full of turf and burning it all night so we all have to make changes I'm saying I know exactly I'm, I'm from Mount Melick I spent my childhood on the bog uh, and well into my sort of adult um, life as well and um, you know those cultural changes, those habits that we've all formed over lifetimes and generations, our hearts sort of change. Um, but we have to give it a chance, I suppose. And, I, and the way I think it is, like wildlife and birds and all those, they're, they're a very, very good environmental indicator of the health of our environment. And if you're not seeing birds and you're not seeing bees around the town or your village or, you know, the, the part of the countryside you live in, it's a very, very good indicator that the environment you're living in is no longer healthy and it's not it's not in good stead. So, you know, should you be drinking that water? Should you be breathing that air? I mean, if the if the wildlife can't be sustained there, you can certainly, uh, you know, it's a good indicator that it's 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 not good for us. So I think it's important people sort of look around, maybe think about like, who are we actually mowing our lawns for, our verges for, why are we spraying all this stuff on our on our tarmac? Is it for our neighbours or for ourselves? Like who doesn't like seeing bumblebees or birds or or, or whatever it is, you know? Um, you know, I suppose it's about just making, taking a step back, giving it a chance. I know you don't want the sort of lawn to go to the ceiling either. No one does because then, then come June, you're trying to catch up and it's mm-hmm. two foot tall and, and who can push a lawnmower through that? So maybe it's just leaving, a, a, you know, six inches or a foot at the edge, leaving a little wild patch in the corner and, and starting from there. I mean, if you have an acre of or half an acre of, of, of lawn out the front, you're probably not going to leave it all May anyway because you'd have to get in a, you'd have to get in a tractor probably to sort that out afterwards. But um, it's just about giving those, like I said, it's, like, there's no silver bullet, just small changes. If everyone made them, it would be a big impact combined, you know. I've noticed driving around in the last couple of weeks that the, the road, the roadsides and roundabouts, as you mentioned, we are seeing more diverse flowers in in those spaces now, which is great. It's fantastic to see bluebells and tulips and, you know, all these different um, cowslips, actually, somebody commented on that yeah. they saw cowslips in the past couple of weeks and they hadn't seen them for years. And, and that's fantastic. I'm just wondering, though, there will be people trying to do their bit and trying to grow wildflowers in their gardens and they'll go out to the shop and pick up wildflower seeds. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Like, are are they the enemy? Are they really what we should be doing or, or is there any harm in it? Yes. Yeah, so I suppose there's two schools of thought on it. I mean, um, 
doing anything positive like that to provide flowers for, for, for pollinators is good. The problem with those shop-bought seeds is we don't know the provenance of them and we don't know exactly the contents within. So there could be well be some, um, you know, some something that is potentially invasive in there. Um, be it a sort of Japanese knotweed or, or a pheasant berry seed or whatever. We just don't know what's in, in those, especially those ones that are um, just kind of um, commercially bought in, in, in garden centres and the likes of Little and all that sort of stuff. There are good suppliers of, of, of locally harvested uh, local provenance seeds. Certainly if you're going down that road, that's where, where, where I'd be encouraging. But that is a lot more expensive because it's a longer process and it's, it's, it's you know, it's highly, it's, 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 it's a different thing altogether. But the actual advice has changed from the pollinator plant people over the last few years. So they used to say, yes, go out and get local provenance seed. Even you can go to a nice meadow over the ditch if someone has one and that isn't just a sort of silage field or whatever and, and get the seeds yourself, literally harvest it yourself um, and use those. But what they're saying now is actually is to, is to allow what's in the seed bank, in the soil existing in your lawn, on the road verge or whatever and allow that to prosper and how you do that is you cut and lift so what happens is when we cut our lawn a lot of people will mulch their, their lawn and the grass goes the cuttings go basically back into the grass and it it, 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 it it fertilizes the grass to grow and that makes the grass species only very vigorous and that means your cowslips your dandelions your other what people might call weeds um, aren't getting a chance at all but they're the wildflowers uh, uh, sort of a, a wildflower in the wrong place I suppose is what we call a weed um, and, and, well I heard and so, new one during the week now apparently they're now no they're no longer weeds they're resilient flowers yes well there you go there you are so I mean yeah no I like the phrase sort of a, 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 a weed is just a wildflower in, in the wrong place as far as as we're concerned so I suppose if people want to um, develop a meadow there's a cut what we call cut and lift so you you cut it so you'd box it whatever you'd leave the box on the lawnmower or on the ride on or uh, or whatever or even bale it if it's a big big area and you you take it off the field or the lawn and you dump it in your grass pile for compost or whatever and you keep doing that and over time literally just doing your regular cut that will reduce the new nutrients in your lawn um, and, and you'll start to see sort of more diversity coming in. Stuff like red clover, everyone loves clover and um, farmers will be very familiar. It's a good it's a good forage crop as well. So there are advantages too. And um, yeah, you'll never hear a farmer giving out about clover in, 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 in the sward. So um, there's lots of things you can do. And again, even if it's just a foot or two or even three and over time you let it extend a bit into the garden, or you just leave it a bit aside, um, you know, or a few brambles down the, down the back ditch or whatever. All those things matter because they provide food, they provide shelter, to provide nesting opportunities for birds. So it's just about sort of unlearning that tidiness that has gone into us about sort of, you know, keeping our garden so neat and tidy. And again, I ask, who are we doing that for? Is it is it for ourselves or is it the neighbours, you know? Uh, there's, I think there's an entire generation that were raised on, you know, keeping that the front of house in particular looking well. And you're probably right for the neighbours, but... Um, I'm sure we'll have many people groaning at the radio hearing us say that, uh, Ricky. But talk to me then again about the job. Like, is your role more educational or do you have any enforcement power? Like, on the practicalities of this, um, how do you see it working? No, so there's no, there's absolutely no powers of enforcement at all, and and nor does there need to be. I mean, the national parks rangers provide that, and the national parks have been going under a huge recruitment drive the last two years as well, and they've totally restructured. So uh, there is now full contingent of rangers across Offaly and and the Midlands, and um, 
if you call one, you should be able to get one these days because a few years ago it was very, very difficult to to source a range or to investigate any complaint like that. But so that 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 sort of service is 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 that that duty is serviced if you like within the county. And from an education point of view, I mean the heritage through schools, those practitioners they they service that. So I'm certainly don't I certainly wouldn't say not go to a school to give a talk or give them some advice on on stuff. But it's certainly not my my main duty. But from an education point of view, who I'll be educating is the the local authority staff uh, and others to sort of do their job in a, in a sort of biodiversity friendly manner. So okay. be the engineers doing sort of work on rivers, on our roads, whatever. So I'll be advising them and there will be sort of regular training in, in that realm to sort of teach us just upskill and uh, just show them some good case studies and examples of, of how it can be done, how you can still have roads and cycleways and street lights and, 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 and drainage and all those things, but in a more wildlife friendly manner. Now, I'm not saying we're not trying to, and like I say, with the lawns, or with your farm or your garden. And I, like you say, people growing in at the radio. I'm not talking about turning the whole place into the sort of Zambezi rainforest. I'm just saying giving wildlife a bit of a chance and restoring our habitats. And in Offaly, I mean, the, the council doesn't own any bogs or anything like that. But in Offaly, the, between the eskers and the bogs and the sleeve blooms, like it is a very special place and it's part of our heritage. Uh, and, 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 and it's just an amazing place. And we should protect it in its own right. You know, you shouldn't have to be convinced really. It is, it is what it is. Well, as a proud Offaly woman, it's great to hear a leash man say that, Ricky. Leave the slagging for the hurling pitch and, and <laughs> football pitch. But Ricky, is there anything that, you know, now that you're in the role and you, you've gotten settled into it, is there anything that you would really like to tackle? Do you have your eye on anything in particular over the next while? No, like not. No, I don't. And I, I, before I started the job and sort of preparing for the interview, I was going to come up with all these high flute ideas, these things I was going to sort of put on my cape and and write into, to to awfully and sort. But no, it's there, there. There really isn't, and I'm convinced now more than ever that that I keep saying it. There is no silver bullet. So, any small proactive um, measures I can make. I mean, just this year alone, we've got eighteen. Um, projects in for what's called the, the Local Biodiversity Action Fund uh, with the department. So they, that funding is going to be announced now in the next sort of week, 10 days. So they're between um, species surveys to see what the status is in the county so we can follow up with conservation measures and sort those out uh, to invasive species control and um, proactive promoting stuff even within uh, the Midlands Radio 3. I don't know if people would have heard the pollinator advertisements over the last couple of years and stuff will be continuing those sort of things. Um, so it's all about sort of advocacy and, and promoting it and um, just getting out there and getting it done and action in these things instead of talking about it all the time. So that's that's really what I want to do. In, on a personal level, it will be fantastic to see more of our industrial estates around Tullamore and Burr be more, you know, we've, we've got an awful lot of concrete here in Offaly um, and there's pl- yeah. plenty that could be done on that, I'm sure. But um, There is, and there's good, sorry, there's a good example there the, over Singfield in Burr, part of that was zoned or just uh, that estate was, uh, is, is most of that is, a, is, a, is an industrial estate and the council then have um, taken the part uh, rezone part of it and they're going to keep it for, for conservation. So we've we've planted in the last couple of years a, a full um, like hundreds of metres of native hedgerow. Uh, we've we've fenced off the riparian woodland, which is basically the woodland along the river. Um, so it's not being grazed to, 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 to the ground there. And, and birds like blackcaps and, and migratory birds and robins and blackbirds and all those things can then move into the, 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 the understory of the woodland that will now develop there. And then we are also trying to diversify the sward there, which make it turn it into meadow, a, a species-rich meadow, because what we're going to do is it, it, it will be grazed, but it will be grazed later in the season 
and when the flowers have allowed to have been allowed to flower and set seed and all that sort of stuff. So, like I said, it's all about leading, leading by example and, and being able to show people that the council are, are leading the front on this as well as best we can. Well, Ricky Whelan, congratulations on the new gig and uh, best of luck with it. And this is a community-driven programme, so please do uh, come back to us and keep us up to date on all the projects that you're working on. I'd love to, Ashley. Thanks for the invite. Cheers. Thanks very much for your time. We will be back after the break. Midlands 183. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and I hope you are safe and well as you listen in to this week's episode. Now, over the last year that Let's Go Green has been on air, we've had representatives of the SEAI, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, on on a number of different occasions about different topics. And that's great. And their website is fantastic. But sometimes it's really helpful to go and talk to the professionals in person. And the SEAI's Home Energy Upgrade Information Day is coming to Tullamore. And I thought I would give you a little heads up on it. We'll be talking about it on next week's episode of Let's Go Green. But if you're interested in attending, you do you should register. So you can register if you Google SEAI Home Energy Tullamore.eventbrite.ie. So I'll give that to you again because it's a little bit of a mouthful, right? It's S-E-A-I Home Energy Tullamore dot Eventbrite dot I-E. And that will be the registration link. You can register for free. There's no charge. I just think they want to get an idea of numbers. And at the event, they will have representatives from the S-E-A-I team. They will have registered one-stop shop uh, participants there to offer their advice and many more. So it'll be a great day to learn more about reducing your energy consumption, tackling rising energy bills and improving the energy efficiency of your home. And as I said, it's always great to get a little bit of free advice from those in the know. That event takes place in the Tullamore Court Hotel on the 20th of May from 11am to 4pm. Okay, so the whole event, the whole idea around it is to help you learn how to make your home more comfortable and reduce your energy use and therefore your bills. So you can hop along to the Tullamore Court Hotel on the 20th of May between 11 and 4. They're there for the day to offer all their advice. You register for free if you want to Google S-E-A-I Home Energy Tullamore dot eventbrite dot ie. I am hoping to pop along myself to learn more myself from my own home. Um, so I hope I meet you there. And if you spot me there, please do pop along and say hello. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to two familiar voices to the show, but two Westmeath based ladies who are launching a brand new and exciting project. We'll be back after the break. Midlands 183. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Now we are joined by two familiar voices, I think it's fair to say to Let's Go Green listeners, but we've never had the pleasure of both of these ladies at the same time. And we are joined now tonight by Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the Refill Mill in Mullingar. Welcome, Evelyn. 
Thank you very much for having me. And Anna Brown, flower farmer extraordinaire, sustainable educator. Anna, you are very welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Now, Anna, I might go to you first, if that's all right. I know the last time you and I spoke, you said that you were working on an exciting project and you were hoping it was going to get the go ahead. And now, in a matter of months, it, it's all started yeah. uh, sucking diesel, as we do say here in the Midlands. Uh, well, maybe we're not sucking diesel in a very climate neutral kind of way. Maybe we're <laughs> sucking vegetable oil or something. <laughs> yes. OK, fair enough. Poor choice of phrase for an environmental show. But you get my drift. Uh, yes. Anna, Metaphorically sucking diesel. Exactly. Metaphorically. OK. So, Anna, uh, tell us all about it. What is this new project that yourself and Evelyn are embarking on? Yeah, so Evelyn and I have been running courses together for probably almost two years at this point. And we were frustrated we couldn't get to a wider audience because we have to obviously make some money making these courses. So we had applied for some Creative Westmeath funding to run the courses, but that the funding would come to help participants be able to afford it. So we got that, which we're delighted. Um, And actually, the information that we got, it came back quicker than we expected. So we're like... We are metaphorically sucking diesel, absolutely, at this point. Um, so we're basically rolling out those courses over the next few months. We'll probably finish up in September, but we're starting, and we've started. Evelyn started this morning already, so we started with, uh, I'll let Evelyn talk about that, but so I'm running a, a sourdough bread making course on Wednesday morning. That's actually booked out already because we're offering the courses for a fiver which is very affordable. We're not very them- cheap, let's be honest. That's yeah. not affordable. That's, that's well, dirt cheap. I mean, we, we could offer them for free, but our experience is that people get stuff for free. They don't necessarily always show up. Yeah. So the fiber is it's a token amount just to kind of remind you that, you know, you actually have paid. So you should like get out of your house and come on the night. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if people don't show up, probably we'll have to raise it up to a tenner. Um, but it, that's not I means that we're funded to do this. So it's not, you know, we, we'll use that money to run more courses. Um, it's not about the money. It's more about that, that, you know, helping people to decide to come to see us. So. Sourdough is coming up. Um, we'll be running a soap making course in Athlone. We'll be running some more kind of flower related things and, you know, growing type of things. And maybe Evelyn can talk about the things she's doing because they're a little bit different to what I do. And before we move on to Evelyn, Anna, just this, this overall project, what's yes. the idea? What, why, like, why is it all kind of under yes. one package? Yeah. So um, we're calling it Lake County Learnings and, you know, I suppose if we went back, you know, 60, 70 years, people knew the kind of things we're teaching now. So they're, 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 they're heritage skills, but they're, they're totally relevant in our new world that we're coming into with climate, mm-hmm. the climate emergency. So um, the things people did that had a very low carbon footprint that didn't affect or positively affected biodiversity. So they're, they're really important skills for us to get back into the habit of doing. You know, our grandmothers would have done them, um, but for some reason, you know, they, they fell out of, I suppose, capitalism things. And also... I suppose the other thing is the creativity. So people get to be very creative. Like we do like dried flower wreath making. And it's not that people have a wreath and they make the same wreath. They all make very different wreaths. And that's what we love about it because people get to express their creativity in what we do. So we give them some instructions about how to go about it, but not what to do. Mm-hmm. And they get to play. And pe- you know, people don't get to play a- enough at all. So it's that kind of focusing on creativity um, and Capitalism doesn't like us to be creative. Capitalism prefers that we would, um, and I'm just a bit Marxist here, but anyhow, um, we prefer us to pay for things, you know, and, and not go out and make things for ourselves. So what we are very much into, even though Evelyn runs a shop, we're very much into helping people to figure out how to get stuff for free, you know, to buy the basic ingredients and make it from scratch, to really do things that um, that are, are creative, and but also that save the money and help the environment. So like, you know, lots of wins uh, across the board on this. 
Look, as a passionate educator myself, I'm very much under the, under the John Dewey school of teaching in that we learn best by seeing the beauty and the ordinary things in life and, and all of that. But so, Evelyn, let's bring you into the conversation now. And as Anna mentioned, of course, you've got the refill mail in Mullingar. So if you've not heard Evelyn on the show before, the refill mail is a grocery store, you know, a lifestyle store where you can get all your bits and bobs without the plastic packaging. Is, is that a fair summation, Evelyn? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We try and cover all the basics of what you'd need um, in terms of dried foods and and cleaning products and um, personal care things. We 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 kind of have um, them all covered um, and we do it all without the plastic packaging. So people bring their own containers and refill them. So it's all about uh, reusing what you have and and um, reducing our waste. And I know you are particularly keen to encourage people to come in and try it out, to, to take out the any kind of intimidation factor that might be there. Like you're you're very keen to, to help people figure out how to shop this way. Because like Anna oh, yeah. said, this would be how, like even my mother as a teenager worked in, in, the, in her, grandfather's shop in, in Horsleep and she her job at summertime was you know weighing out flour and so it's not that long ago it's not necessarily the grandparents generation it's only yeah. a couple of decades ago but I know certainly my generation has a notion how to do any of this stuff yeah absolutely it seems to be our generation are a little bit intimidated by these things but um, it's it's not the new we're bringing it back mm. to the old ways and and it's a really nice kind of slower pace of life as well and I absolutely love showing people how it works. Um, it's a passion project of mine. I, I adore what I do. And um, it's always lovely to see people, new people coming in and kind of experiencing it for the first time. So I always encourage people to come in and just ask. If they don't know, just ask. So tell me then, you and Anna have worked together to create Lakelands Learning. Am I saying the name correctly? Lake County Learning. Lake, Lake County, County Learning. Yeah. Apologies. I, I, I was. I knew there was something when I quite right when I said it. So Lake County Learning. So Evelyn, what's your role? Then I know you kicked off with the first course this morning. Yeah, Anna and I work really well together. Um, I, I'm trying to show people how to um, reduce their waste in really, really practical ways. So this morning's course was all about how to um, clean without using harsh chemicals. Um, and it's bringing it back to basics again. It's using things like vinegar and baking soda and, and citric acid, all the things that we used to clean with that, that work really, really well, but without, um, you know, bringing harmful chemicals into our homes. So it's safer for for ourselves, our families, our pets and the environment. So and it's really easy to do and it's really, really cheap as well. And I think that might be what's helping spur the interest at the moment like we're all feeling the cost of living pinch so you know yep. think, and, and like you go into any supermarket doesn't matter what brand of supermarket it is cleaning products are not cheap they're very expensive and we need to keep our homes hygienic so if we can do it in a cost effective way fantastic if that happen, happens to help the environment along the way well brilliant so are you finding that people are saying well do you know what actually if this can save me a couple of euro I'm going to give it a go I might have been nervous beforehand but if this is actually going to save me like have more in the bank account um, I will be willing to try it out 
Yeah, absolutely. We I get that reaction a lot, a lot. Like um, people are interested in it. They seem to be, again, a little bit intimidated about, they. you know, everybody knows that you can clean with vinegar, but not everybody knows how to. Um, but vinegar is a really, really inexpensive product. And there's so many things that you can clean in your house with it. Um, so you're you're using one product for loads of different things rather than having a different cleaning product for each single surface in your in your in your house like it you know when you open up the the um, press and look under the sink how many bottles of uh, chemical cleaners do you have mm-hmm. um, and when you're when you're using eco-friendly products it's generally you know you you'll reduce that maybe to four or five products that you can mix and match to to really clean your home and yeah and don't just put in on that sorry on the creativity end of things because you know, Evelyn shows I didn't make a natural air freshener. And, you know, you can go out mm. to a shop and you can buy a particular one. It's probably it's probably fragrance with chemicals that aren't that good for you to breathe in. She makes one that's with essential oils. So you can pick whatever mm. fragrances you want, whatever combination. Very luxurious, you know, very Joe Malone. And you have something that's really gorgeous, really. And we think of that, you know, the future where the climate change is like getting really serious and we have to adapt as being a place full of hair shirts, you know, with no meat and no flights. And it's not a very luxurious place, but it can be a very luxurious place if you look at it in the right way. So part of what we're doing is trying to make that world, it's not expensive, it just takes a bit of time, but it's a very beautiful, attractive, fragranced, gorgeous world, you know, with beautiful flowers in it and and, and lovely scents that won't actually cause you to have any problems with your lungs at a later point in life. And like Anna, you know, funny you mentioned like problems with your lungs. Like I was only talking to a friend of mine after last week that the World Health Organization um, announced that the COVID emergency was over. And yes, I know I try not to mention the C word on the show, but um, we got chatting about it in my day job. And I was like, God, I've got that box of face masks now sitting on the passenger seat in the car, you know, for the for the hospital visit or the GP visit that, you know, we still needed them. And, and I know if I ever were to get a flu again, I probably would, you know, when I'm going out to do the grocery or whatever because I now know it's the right thing to do but a friend of mine I was like going I've got loads of these what am I going to do with all of these you know maybe I should donate them or she goes no 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 no. hold on a second when you're cleaning the house protect your lungs and I was like I can totally see where a point is coming from and and to be honest, I probably won't remember to do it myself. But actually, you know, we probably should be protecting ourselves more and thinking about the consequences of the chemicals that we're using. At or home. stop using them altogether. That's the other alternative. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I think, and that's, and I think, more the more educated we are, the less afraid of trying out the, these new things. And like Evelyn, like I know the last time you were on the show, like at the moment, I'm trying to get rid of the old chemically enhanced yeah. cleaning products. Yeah. I like that's a slow process, you know, so because it's not as if I lash them all on, you know, I, I, I use them in small little amounts. Um, but And that's important to say as well, that if you want to take one of your courses, but you still have the cupboard underneath the sink full of bottles, it's not about throwing them all out. It's It's about maybe switching over slowly. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm always preaching about uh, um, small changes, one thing at a time. I, I I never, like when somebody comes into one of my courses, I never say, okay, now go home and empty out the, that press and throw them all into the bin. That's that's not the right way um, to do it. But um, it is about making like just one thing, just, just decide, okay, I'm not going to use window spray on my windows anymore. I'll use the vinegar or I'll use baking soda on my pots rather than, than um, the scouring stuff. So like, it's just, there's loads of little things little things like that to do. Um, and also trying to use um, 
materials that aren't made of plastic um, and washing microplastics down the, the sink as well. It's, you know, trying to use natural materials like um, wooden soap brush, uh, or wooden um, dish brushes and, and things mm. like that. Yeah. And like there was a while there, and I think particularly during, say, 2019, 2020, that like I follow a lot of DIY YouTubers because... I'm interested in it. And like they're all talking, oh, these microfiber cloths are like the best thing ever. But yeah. they do, they, 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 once we stick them in the washing machine or we, even in very hot water, the, the plastics all each out into the, into the water system, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's nothing you can really do about microplastics in the water system. It, it is a big problem. So moving away from, from even products like that is a, is a step in the right direction. And I know, as Anna mentioned, you're doing a, a soap making class as, as part of this Lake County Learnings project. Like, I think a lot of people, when they hear that, might think, oh, that's great for like the kids in summer camp and they'll make something nice and it'll smell lovely. But like that might be the good soap for when we have visitors. It's not like that's not the kind of thing you could use regularly, like or you could even do regularly. How easy is it? So I'm going to jump well, in. It's, it's actually Anna, yeah. Oh, Anna apologies, apologies. No, no, this is the one part of cleaning I do. Everything else is Evelyn cleaning. <laughs> Basically, um, it's not something that children would do because you're using actually very dangerous chemicals to make soap, and that's how soap is made. Um, but it's also not a soap that you would keep for good things. It, it's it's a soap that you can use for pretty much everything. I mean, soap is soap. Like, I mean, you probably wouldn't wash your hair with it, but you could if you were stuck. Um, you'd use it in the shower, you'd use it in the bath, you'd use it if you, have, if you don't add any kind of of colors you can use it to wash clothes you know so but it's it's de- like it's a, it's a course where we we don't normally do things that we need to take a lot of precautions but for the soap making course we have long sleeves we wear gloves we have eye, eye protection on we go outside to do some of the mixing when we're, but and that's just the way soap is made mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you can buy a melt and pour soap that you could make soap if you want to do a summer camp activity but that's not what i'm teaching mm-hmm. to how to how people how to use caustic soda and fat to make soap which is how we've made soap for thousands of years and that's, you know, that's a soap that doesn't actually have any harmful effect on the environment or on ourselves once you've mixed it properly. And is it, Anna, the kind of thing? Because like I know like we need to buy soap on a fairly regular basis. So is it the kind of thing that once you know how to make it, that it's handy to, to make yeah. again when you need? You, you would maybe, you know, you'd maybe allocate an hour, an hour and a half in your day at the weekend when there's nobody around that's going to knock things over to make a very large bag. Like you'd make several pounds of soap in one go. Okay, and then you could have that. That would last you months, if not yeah, a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So then, how do people find out about Lake County Learnings? Or, or I know some of the, the workshops have already booked out. So if if you're listening and you want to get involved, you need to get on straight away and book your place. But where do so they go? We haven't gone live with a lot of them. We haven't got dates okay. for them. Um, but we will be having dates for them soon. We've got a planning meeting plan for that. Um, so both of us have newsletters, so we would put it out there. So if you go to either bigskyflowers.ie or the refillmill.ie and subscribe, you'll be on the newsletter so you'll hear about everything that's coming up. Um, our social media, we would put it on there, on our stories and in the posts. Um, 
and we probably have it in the shop as well. Everyone would have posters in the shop that she would see it. So uh, we'll be working with um, Low & Co in Athlone. So we'll probably give her a QR code so people can book it in there if they want to. But that QR code will then go to Evelyn's website where the courses will be listed. So, you know, I suppose if, if you look on the refill mill, but you don't have to go, but keep going back there and seeing did the course come up. You want to, you know, you want to be, have it pushed at you. So the, the newsletter is a way to do that because we'll, we'll okay. put it out in the newsletters once the course has come up. So, yeah, so bigskyflowers.ie and the refillmill.ie. And location-wise then, Anna, where are these courses going to be taking place? So a lot of them will be in Mullingar and the refill mill, but there'll be two at least in Low & Co. And there'll be one out in Castle Pollard and possibly some other locations. And if we're lucky enough to get the Creative Ireland funding, we'll actually be going, um, not international, we'll be going to the whole Midlands. So that'll be, um, we'll be going to Offaly, we'll be going to Longford, we'll be going much further afield with that because we would see that opportunity to go beyond Westmeath and to kind of get into because it's obviously it's Creative Ireland funds, but it's, it's bigger mm-hmm. scope geographically. Um, and if people wanted to work with us, we're happy, like tell us, you know, if there's people that have things that, you know, they have funding for, they want to work together to get funding. We're happy to collaborate with people. We're happy to go further afield. Now, we, we want this information to get out there. Um, for both of us, it's our purpose in life is to help people live more sustainably. So, you know, if there's an opportunity that with somebody else, we're happy to, to travel to do that. Evelyn, I'm going to be cheeky. If there was one cleaning recipe that you'd want to give the listeners before we go, what, what's the one thing we all should try and make and use? Um, well, the latest one that I've started um, using, actually, I only I only kind of started playing around with it for this course, um, was citric acid spray. Um, and citric acid is actually a food-based uh, or food-grade product. Um, it's We use it for making cordials and things. I sell it in the shop. You can get it in a lot of chemists. Um, and just mixing that with some cool boiled water, um, a couple of teaspoons and 500 mils of cool boiled water. And it makes a really, really great um, spray for your bathroom for the likes of um, the soap scum on your shower doors. And you can use it on your sink. And, and it's a really, really handy one to use. Okay, very so simple. A couple of teaspoons citric acid and 500 mils of cooled boiled water. Well, yeah. On that note, Evelyn Fitzpatrick of the Refill Mill in Mullingar and of course, Anna Brown of Big Sky Flowers. Thank you both for joining us on Let's Go Green. And if you, fingers crossed, get that Creative Ireland funding, we will be sure to let our listeners across the Midlands know about it. But of course, sure, if you want to drive from Offaly or Leash into the workshops in Westmead, I'm sure you wouldn't be kicked out at the door. Just maybe don't, don't wear your county jersey, maybe. But ladies, thank you very much for your time on the show this week. We'll be back after the break. Midlands 183. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Well, my thanks to all my guests on this week's episode of the show. And we look forward to um, hopefully soon when Westmeath and Leash both have biodiversity officers appointed. I believe uh, progress is moving on quickly there at speed. So we will welcome them on the show when the time comes. But particularly thanks to Ricky Whelan, who is the first ever biodiversity officer appointed for Offaly County Council. And as he said, Dublin had them first. But hey, (laughs) we can um, blow our own trumpets here in the Midlands when we do something positive in terms of combating climate change. It has been fantastic, I have to say, to see all the colour on 
the road verges and the roundabouts and, and cowslips and all those different types of flowers that we haven't seen in years that are just there naturally in our soil bed that really we're lucky to have. But, you know, I like the idea um, of them being called resilient flowers or uh, what was it Ricky mentioned? Uh, flowers in the wrong place. Um, so we can uh, work on minding those. And with that in mind, Ricky did give a shout out to No Mo May. And I know many gardeners will be chomping at the bit to get the lawn mowed over the coming weeks, particularly with, I know awfully had an awful time at the weekend, but we have had a fairly dry spell. So it's understandable that lots of gardeners want to get out and about, but perhaps maybe we could stretch it out for another couple of weeks to to really give the, the insects and the birds and, you know, the bumblebees something to feed on. And in the hopes of, you know, helping the planet as we do something really small but impactful in our own gardens. If, of course, we're lucky to have our own garden. I dream of the day when I have one myself. But... um, I have to wrap up the show. We're coming to the end of it. So again, thanks to the guests for this week's show. Thanks to you for listening and for all the lovely comments. Again, if you would like me to talk about anything in particular on the show, if you'd like to be featured on the show yourself, please do get in contact with me through the Midlands103.com website. There is a tab at the top of the screen when you go on to midlands103.com. There's a tab at the top of the screen that says on air team. Click on that. Look for my name, Ashling O'Rourke, and that will give you a nice handy button to send me an email directly, which I do read and respond to um, as frequently as I possibly can. And I would like to give a shout out to, I know, a long term listener of the show. And that is, of course, Christina Knight in Port Arlington. Christina, thank you very much. And thanks to each and every one of you who tune in, whether it's on FM or indeed online. Your listenership is very much appreciated. I hope you have a great week. I'll be back same time next week here on Let's Go Green.